Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 48 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. I am Andrew, and with me today is Mike. And today, we are talking about closing out this year and stepping into 2021. 2021? Yeah, Mike, we, this, is, this is it. We, the day we're recording this is December 31st. This is the last podcast of the year, but then for our listeners, it's going to be their first podcast That's right. of the year. So. You know, we should record this uh, at like midnight tonight, like and bridge the two years. No, that's, that's on, like a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, I think, I think we discovered this last year. Uh, you and I, we talked about this last year in our last, last year's podcast that we, we're not, we don't stay up for New Year's Eve. We like to get up early for New Year's Day. There's something about that. I like getting up. I like the idea of like when everyone else is kind of sleeping and just kind of like, oh man, last night was rough. Just hitting that first day and just working. I, I like that. So I have not told you, but okay. I am um, I'm sacrificing for my family. Oh. They, my, my, I got kids of the age that really want to stay up till midnight on okay. New Year's Eve. And so tonight I'm, I'm doing it with them. We'll uh, play some games. We, we got some new games during Christmas and stuff and maybe watch some movies or something. But we're going to try to stay up till midnight. Have you thought about doing Midnight East Coast? I that have. way it's the best I of both have. worlds. I have. <laughs> It just don't work. I, I tried doing that last year with the kids. I told them that's what we were doing. It just isn't the same. But we got some games we've been playing. Um, we got uh, Throw Throw Burrito. Throw Throw Burrito. My parents got me that. Okay. And, or my parents got our kids that. Actually, my parents got us like three or four board games. You know, we got Sushi Go. Okay. That's just I love Ella. I taught Ella to play that. Yeah. She loved that one. So okay. we got it for her because of that. Okay. Um, we got a, a game called Trash Pandas, which is about raccoons scavenging okay. trash. And then uh, we haven't opened it yet, but my parents got us a Back to the Future board game. Oh, wow. And uh, they got it off the Amazon truck or something, my dad said. And so haven't haven't checked that one out yet, but uh, we'll be playing that. And uh, Uno, of course. My kids love Uno. And so we got some games to play. That's cool. That'll oh, be and Jay got Risk for his birthday. So we might, oh, man, we might venture game. into a, yeah. a big old game of Risk. We'll see. Um, that's cool. The, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it feels like you're confessing, but the truth, that's a cool thing. You're doing that with your family and stuff. I just, I'm a single guy. So. I don't really want to hang out with my friends tonight. I just yeah. like I I'm tired, man. I just like I I don't like going out and driving. I don't I don't like driving home after like a New Year's thing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is I don't mm-hmm. like doing. So yeah. Well, I was telling you, you know, after last week, it's been a grind this week. You know, like last week, Christmas Eve services, all that, and just, you know, it kind of wore me out. And so I've been kind of sleeping a little bit later than I usually do during the week. And today I finally got up like really early, super productive day. And then it dawned on me as I'm in the office, you know, before the sun's up. Oh, tonight's the night I'm supposed to stay up really late. Oh, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) It is. It's a busy time of the year, man. Like I feel, I always feel like every time October hits, it's crazy. Cause you got for, for us, it's usually it's October for me. So in October there is Halloween. If we do anything for that, there's also usually there's convention somewhere in October and November. 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 Then there's Thanksgiving. We have on in a normal year we have events for that. Then it's Christmas, and Christmas typically has multiple events. Sometimes we have like the choir stuff, and then there's Christmas Eve and Christmas itself, and then there's New Year's. And typically you would do things for youth group and all that stuff. It's a busy year. And you know what's funny is that even though it's been a COVID year. Um, hoping that I'll never have to say it's another COVID year, yeah. but I feel like we were just as busy as we normally would have been with a lot of things. So 
Well, you know, I, I think we've talked about this some before, but you find ways to innovate and just still serve people. Right. Yeah, and you, for sure. That's, you know, churches, you know, we're not bound by the four walls. Right. Church service is important. And the, the preaching of God's word, the worship of God and community is vital for spiritual growth and life and vitality. But, you know, we find ways to continue to minister to folks that are non-traditional and it's, that's been encouraging. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think today, I know for today, we, we want to kind of look forward. We wanna, we wanted to look at, um, resolutions, but not in the sense of like New Year's resolutions, but resolve. And we're going to specifically look at Jonathan Edwards. Mm-hmm. But before we jump into that, man, I, I think it'd be appropriate to take a moment and to look back over 2020. I know, man, if you go back like episodes ago in our New Year's episode, man, we, we had a lot of things we wanted to do. I know we as a church had a plan to invite people to services. There was a lot of things happening. And I think the test of character came when hardships came. And I honestly, looking back over things, I know this has been such a crazy year, and in many ways, our situation isn't over, but I am excited to look back and know that God has been faithful. There are people within our church that have stepped up, and they have displayed character that I I just didn't ever think that they would be the kind of person to step up the way they did, and they were there. I want to shout out to all of our tech and our worship teams who have been flexible and have just met so many different needs as time has gone on. And when we tried online services, when we tried pre-recorded online services, when we did that outdoor service, when we've done, it's been, it's been crazy to learn so much on the fly. It's been, it's been cool to see, to see that. It's been cool. It's been fun. And, uh, you know, we've connected with folks and all made, made an impact in the community, serving people in some pretty creative ways, but a few weeks ago, we, when we were preaching on the creed, yeah. um, we landed on this verse from 1 Corinthians 15, ver- verse 58. And I think this is actually, I don't know if it's like going to become a life verse for me or what it is, but, but at least for 2021, um, in whatever hardship we face and whatever challenges, it says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And I just thinking about... I think there could be times in this past year and maybe times in coming years where it feels like we're just kind of hitting our head against the wall as we serve the Lord and we're trying new things and we're not sure if they're going to work or not. And we're, it's that grind. It's that plod. It's that, you know, that's the farmer planting and not sure what the, the harvest will look like. Right. But we know that when we serve the Lord, what we do in his name, what we do for his glory, it's never in vain. And so 2020 was not in vain. It was hard. It was different. It was challenging. We failed at some places. (laughs) Like we tried some things that didn't work. We tried some things that did work, but, Mm -hmm. but none of it was in vain. And that's just really, maybe I'm, I'm a little off the beaten path that we had laid out today, but that's my, I guess my vision for 2021 is just steadfast, immovable, not backing down from the convictions we have in scripture and the call on our lives. And then always abounding, going, going overboard, right? Extra credit in terms of whatever we can do for the Lord and for his, his gospel. It's not in vain. I, I think I appreciate the, the idea that we need to look back at 2020 and see that it was not in vain. I think it would be easy to look back and look at all the plans that we had and think to ourselves, oh man, what a washed out year. But the truth is a lot of great things happened that could set us up for beautiful things in the future. We just got done doing We've just finished the Creed series, but right before then, we also did the series through the fruit of the Spirit. And what a time to be tested, to have our own character be revealed to us, to set us up for repentance and to know that, like, hey, maybe through that you realize that there are idols in your life. And so through that, you weren't displaying fruit 
that you should be displaying. So as we, as you have learned to repent and as we've all learned that maybe there are some character flaws within us that with our anger, our frustration, our expectations of, of family and, and government, all these things like that, as we carry into 2021, God has planted seeds of, of hope of, of the gospel so that we hopefully through the hardships of this year, our faith in him is renewed and we can walk forward into 2021 being more prepared than whatever it is that we were going to face in 2020 because God is still in control. You know, I, I, I'm with you. I like the language of 2020 was not in vain because God was still on his throne through all that. So it's cool. And, and you know what? We, we got some good things happening. We got um, the end of January. We're doing a baptism service. Yes. We've got a handful of people that are interested and in at least one who said yes. And so we're going to do baptism and communion. Um, it's kind of encouraging uh, as, you know, restrictions of churches have been changed, at least here in Washington. And so there was mandates and now there's just recommendations. And so that, you know, allows us a little bit more just kind of, I guess, freedom as we, we approach worship services and what yes. we're doing and, and um, not, not feel like we're having to kind of walk this tightrope yeah. um, because we've got God's commands and God's, God's requirement for worship and we want to obey him. And yet we've had some, some government kind of regulations that have leaned us in different directions. And so that some of that tension has been alleviated, at least for now, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, so I'm, I'm encouraged. I am too. And I I guess with that said, like, I, I think it is appropriate for us to, as we lay down 2020, and as we look forward into 2021 to really start to look at the idea of who are we going to be or what, what are we shooting for for this upcoming year? I think in, in our last New Year's podcast, you and I, we both talked that we're not really resolution guys. Um, we're more goal-oriented with plans. Uh, we, we talked in that podcast about the planners yep. that we use. Um, I know for me, my birthday's in January. And so I, I, I get, you kind of saw it this morning. I get kind of like introspective for a little bit because I want to like, what is this year of my life going to look like and what am I going to achieve? And... Um, and so this year, right now, we're not really talking about resolutions in, in the idea of like, ah, oh, I'm going to lose like 40 pounds and have no plan with that. But we're actually looking at like heartfelt resolves, things that we should always um, recommit to. I, I, I love the idea of having resolve. There are people that I know of that like they'll commit to something and that the moment hardship comes up, they just flounder away. And that to me, that's not resolve. Because no. resolving, it's, if you're going to resolve to be something, to, to do something, you are doubling down. Like no matter what comes, I'm going to figure out a way to figure out like how to do this. Yeah. You know, for us to do church, we, were, we resolved to do church this year with a lot of things that, that came in our way. That word resolve really connects to that passage I read a moment ago, right? Yeah. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding. That, that's resolve. Yeah. That, is, that is a God-given, like spirit-led resolve. And that's what we're talking about. Because oftentimes we, we talk about New Year's resolutions and people, you know, let's just be honest, people we generally don't keep our resolutions, right? Resolutions are good intentions with bad plans mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and lead to really not, not very faithful results. And especially after 2020, I mean, I imagine folks that wanted to have resolutions for 2020 and in different areas. And then March comes around and, you know, they're, they're, you know, our, our world kind of got blown out of the water. I mean, I think about the goals that I write and I, I've got to confess, there was a, a whole quarter where I, I didn't look at my goals. I didn't work on my goals. It was more like just trying to keep my head above water and figuring out how, how am I going to move forward in life, right? And so um, we're talking about resolutions, not in terms of, hey, I, I resolved to lose 10 pounds this year, right? These are more resolutions that say, this is what defines my life. 
This is who I am. This is the direction I'm going. And uh, and one of the resources that is out there, they're actually resolutions written by uh, a guy named Jonathan Edwards. Right, yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about that. And I know there are people who are listening here that probably aren't familiar with who Jonathan Edwards is. Uh, so Mike, do you, do you want to go ahead and kind of explain Maybe introduce us to Jonathan Edwards. Yeah, I mean, just like the thirty thousand foot view, Jonathan Edwards was born in the early seventeen hundreds, seventeen oh three, I think, and um, he is he, in in terms of history, he's most known for his role in the first Great Awakening in America. In fact, he's considered likely the, like the greatest, uh, historically speaking, the greatest theologian America has had. Right, and so he was a he was a preacher. He was a pastor. He was a theologian. He was uh, considered a revivalist, um, and so he was someone who God used to turn people to Christ. Who God used to kind of shape some of our nation in, in some some formative years. And uh, he is a big deal. Like if you go to Bible college, and if you are studying to be a preacher or any American history theology, like you. You learn about him. This is this is someone that we all respect and admire. Yeah, it's he's a big deal. Yeah, and you know, not without his faults, and we could talk about that another day, maybe. But uh, right, but everyone has he. A uh, he's his famous sermon is "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Yes, right. This kind of like bringing it to bringing the gospel to us and re- reminding us that we need we need rescue from God's righteous anger. And so um, that's kind of I guess the, the overview, but. But when he was a young man, I think he was still in in school. He went to Yale. And when he was a young man, he wrote some resolutions. And I think they evolved over his life and he changed them here and there. Um, But um, as a young man, he wrote these resolutions and we have 70 of them. 70 resolutions that are not, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get fit this year. I'm going to increase my income this year. These are resolutions that he wrote recognizing who God is and who he is and what it looks like to live faithfully before God in light of the gospel. And, uh, and so we kind of thought, you know, 2021, as we enter into this podcast season for the next few weeks, we're going to, um, we're going to look at his resolutions, but we're not going to go one through 70. Um, there's been some work done that have categorized his resolutions in terms of like, these are resolutions about like kind of overall life mission. Other are resolutions about time management or relationships, things like that, holiness, um, assurance. And so we're going to take some time and go through them, these categories. Um, We might take a break next week because I have another idea that I'll I'll tell you about later. Okay, okay. Um, But over the next few weeks, I want to go through these. And it's interesting. These are resolutions that he wrote down. And at the beginning of it, he said that he's going to be his kind of like preamble for this is being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. Right. And so uh, for him, I just love that he recognizes that these are resolutions. These are good intentions, but he can't do them on his own. So what I like is the idea that he wrote down these resolves while he was a young man saying like, this is what I'm about. So we see here that he's very intentional with his life and his time. He's not just floundering and going through things, but at the same time, writing that preamble, being sensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions and it goes on. But the idea that he humbly says, I can only do these things by God who works in and through me. So I, I think I, I love that there's intentionality and humility 
that comes through this. And that's a lesson for all of us. That's right. To be intentional with our times, but to be humble and to know that God, he's the only reason why we're able to do X, Y, or Z. And so if we don't, I guess I'm speaking to myself right now too this morning as, as I was thinking through like my own things I wanted to accomplish, that it, it is God who works in and through me. And if I was faithful, I'm exactly where God has called me to be at that moment. And just to know like, this isn't about what I think I should be, but what God is doing in me and rejoicing in that. Yeah. It's like one of the songs we sing at Valley pretty regularly is yet not I, but through Christ in yes. me and the church, man, they get loud during that song mm-hmm. because there's just this recognition of our weakness of our inability and God's faithfulness to, to shape us, to grow us, to use us. And that's a, that's a beautiful kind of uh, tension, right? Like it is. I want to be this. I can't be this on my own, but Christ, yeah. Christ in me can shape me and grow me. And so, amen. I love it. So we have here, uh, so you have these out of the 70 he has, we have a category here of just his overall life mission that we're about to jump into. Okay. I'm excited to jump into this. And, and I guess last thing we'd say before we jump into it is he read these every day or every Uh, week. I think so his goal is to read these every week. And so this isn't, you know, he wrote resolutions and then put them, you know, saved them in a file in his computer. She didn't have a computer then, but you know, uh, these are, things he kept in front of him regularly, constantly reviewed. And that's important. If if we're going to, you know, if we're going to grow, we've got to keep the the commands of God in front of us Mm -hmm. regularly. We've got to keep the gospel. We've got to preach the gospel to ourselves all the time. And this is kind of part of that for him. And so let's jump in. You want to read resolution number one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is resolution number one. It says that I will do whatever, or that I will do whatsoever I think to be most to the glory of God and my own good profit and pleasure in the whole of my duration without any consideration of the time, whether now or never so many myriad of ages hence resolve to do whatever I think to be my duty and most for the good and advantage of mankind in general resolved. So to do whatever difficulties I meet with how many whatsoever and how great whatsoever. Yeah. So he talks just like we talked today, right? (laughs) That was uh, was really hard for me to read. (laughs) You know, let's break this down. This first resolution, right? And usually first is of importance, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this really is is of first importance, right? Because this is um, basically says, here's my resolution. Uh, First of all, I'm going to do whatever I can for the glory of God. And so his chief aim in life is the glory of God. But then he links it to two other categories, says, not only am I going to do everything for the glory of God, but I'm going to do it for my own good profit, for my own good, my own profit, and my own pleasure. He understands that that when we seek after God and we seek to glorify God, that's actually what's best for us in our lives. Now, that might mean tribulation. That might mean trouble. That might mean physical persecution and even death. Yet, because we're doing what God wants, that's what's best for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so then the third piece is he wants to link it to whatever is good for mankind. So for others. And so he sees like his his life is his, his resolve. Number one, first thing out of the gate, I want to do whatever it is is going to glorify God, benefit me and other people, right? That's, that's really the first, uh, or Jesus, what he says is the greatest of two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he sees himself in that as well, right? Like his, his first resolution says everything is about God and the good of others. And then he qualifies it in two ways. He says, no matter the time, mm-hmm. he actually even talks about like the myriad of ages, like if something's going to take forever, like he says, whatever the time it's going to take, 
So he recognizes serving God's costly. Mm-hmm. Serving mankind is costly. So what's good for others, it's going to take my time. I'm not going to be able to spend all my evenings doing whatever I want that's leisurely and comfortable. I'm not going to be able to you know, get all the sleep I might want sometimes. I'm, it, it's going to cost me time. And also, no matter the difficulty, he says, this may cause me to suffer. This may cause me hardship. This may cause me pain. Um, but I'm willing to endure that if it's going to glorify God, be profitable for me, especially in the light of eternity, and be good for mankind. And so what a, what a resolution to, right. to start with out of the gate, right? Yeah, I really like that last part too. He, he accounts for the difficulties and the time that it'll take because for me, I know in my own flesh that like, I don't have an, I feel like I don't have an issue with something gets hard. I'm like, all right, it gets hard. Let's just get this done. But the moment something takes forever, I lose patience really fast. Mm-hmm. Like if I do something and I think it should only take like 10, 20 minutes and it turns out to be like a whole day project, I get furious with that. I also get that way when working with people, when you like, you know, when you're discipling and you think like you should be here, but instead you're still back here and like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever for us to get through whatever. I, I like that he says that it's inspiring to me to remember like, okay, things take time and things are hard. And we need to, again, right, right there to me is the, is, the, is the picture of resolve. I'm going to see this through mm-hmm. no matter how long it takes, no matter what it costs me to see it get, get done. And I would say to our listeners today, this is a, a kind of a reminder for us to examine our, our chief motives, right? Like, do we have this as our primary resolution? Is our primary goal to glorify God and, and to grow in God and, and to benefit others? Because I think because of the creature culture's cult creature comforts we're surrounded by in this current culture. I think because of just how easy it is to be selfish, we can, we can actually approach God saying, well, I'll give this much time mm-hmm. and I'll carve out my Sunday mornings for God and maybe a little time reading my Bible every day where God becomes a, a secondary um, aspect of our life or, or a priority uh, that's lesser than others. And this is actually reminding us, man, our, our resolve needs to be aimed at God and God first and foremost, above all else. And um, I need that reminder. I can get enamored with other things really easily. So that's resolution one. Resolution two, I'll, I'll read this one. Um, it says, to be continually endeavoring to find out some new contrivance and invention to promote the aforementioned things. So uh, some new language there, some, some kind of uh, words that contrivance, aforementioned, uh, but, but what's he saying here? He says, I'm going to learn things. Yeah. To, 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 he's going to continue to learn That's to, right. to continue to do what he said in number one, to do good, for, to bring God in glory and to do good for himself and others. He's just, he's going to continue to learn whatever, whatever new technology there is or new ideas. He's just going to keep learning that I, I got excited because that's, that's my jam, dude. Never stop learning. Yep. So, and and part of this is a refusal to be complacent. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I I think about when I was at Albertsons and I was a produce manager. I I did decent there. I I, I was a good produce manager, right? I, we made a profit, all that, thi- all those things. And uh, but it was never like I saw a lot of guys kind of become complacent once they reached a position. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just I don't know maybe it was I was young and hungry, whatever it was, but. Uh, Man, I was always looking for ways to improve 
and, and make our department more profitable, to make it cleaner, to make it all these things that we're supposed to. And I, I remember working with another produce manager and, and you know, he, he actually mentioned that one time. He's like, well, why don't you just like calm down a little bit? Why don't you relax a little bit, right? No. And, uh, and we had a really great com- com- conversation about this, this idea of, of complacency. And Christians, we can do the same thing. Well, I, I served God this one time in this one way, and it was really cool. And so, you know, I've, I'm kind of hanging up the cleats, mm-hmm. right? Or hanging up the gloves, right? Like, I'm, you know, I've done some things in my past, and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a rhythm where it's comfortable. And Jonathan Edwards wasn't willing to do that. Right. He, was, he refused to be complacent or to rest on the things that he's already accomplished. He, he had this... this Resolution mm-hmm. to, to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, pushing forward in whatever God calls. And man, uh, we we I just we need more believers like that. Do so. When I was in Bible college, I had a uh, a missions teacher who, at the time, was I believe seventy three years old, and he inspired me because he was one of the first people to have an iPhone. He built uh, he built computers. And things like so. From a technological standpoint, he he told us that because he believes so much in the mission of the church that he never wants to be left behind. That he's always trying to learn to learn new technologies so that he can continue to engage the culture and his kids and his grandkids. But that also bled into other things. He was always learning, learning about new sports, learning about new crazes that were coming up. He was also learning new technologies. Now it was incredibly inconvenient for him. He would tell us all the time it was the worst. And I kind of get that now that I've. I'm 30 and there's a couple of tech time. technology has changed a couple of times for me. And I'm like, why is this happening? But that in, he, so when I, when you, when we read that, I think of him and how much he inspired me to keep learning so that we can continue to engage and to love others. I think it's really easy I've, as, as from an anecdotal perspective, I've, I've met people who are older than me that by the time they got to 30, there is a sense of I've arrived. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to keep learning. I don't need to keep paying my dues. I just need to coast from here because I've already done all the hard work. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, I felt like, no, I feel like we should remember that we should we never arrive, that we should always hustle because the world is ever evolving. And I feel like if you want the respect of people who are younger than you, who you're trying to reach, you don't stop. You don't demand the respect. You earn it by engaging in, in the new things that are happening. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking to a, a gal the other day, 78 years old, 78. Right. And, um, and she was telling me she at grocery store, she just is always talking to people about Jesus and she sees someone that she could tell they're sad. She's like just to a stranger. And it's kind of weird with COVID and all that, but she's like, can I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. Right. And she's, she's, you know, I asked her, I was like, you don't seem concerned about COVID at all. She's like, you know, if I'm God, God's let me live this long. Well, you know, I'm going to trust him with whatever. And, you know, it's not that she won't wear a mask or anything like that, but she, she's just on mission Mm -hmm. and looking for whatever way she can to love someone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so maybe it's not tech for everyone, right? That's, that's an aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's just like, I'm eyes open. How can I serve God? Eyes open. How can I serve man? Eyes open. How can I bless someone? Well, and this idea of adapting to the situation, right? Mm -hmm. Because even now, we, it would be easy to say like, well, we can't connect with people anymore because we are all sequestered at home and stuff like that. But as a, not to say that we're the best, but we had to change a couple of some of the things that we did just to continue to connect. We started sending out postcards. We started uh, emailing. We started these, these texting trees. We started doing whatever we could 
so that we can continue to connect with people because it would, it would, be, it would have been easy to be like, well, people know where we're at. They know where the website is. They can just tune in or whatever. And that is complacency, right? So you're right. It's not necessarily about technology, but it's the resolve to let's continue to further the mission and whatever it takes, I will learn it to do whatever it needs to be done in the new context. Yeah. And this gets to number three, which number three is like recognizing that you fail at us sometimes. Mm-hmm. You want to read number three? Yeah. Number three is if ever I shall fall and grow dull so as to neglect to keep any part of these resolutions to repent of all I can remember when I come to myself again. Yeah. Um, if, I like that wake up call. Yeah. 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 If, if ever I should fall and grow dull. Right. So if, so if I slip, if, if I'm not on my game, if I'm not glorifying God, if I'm not loving others, uh, and this idea of growing dull, this is like a hardness of heart, a oh, closed man. mind, like a, like a selfishness, like a self-focusedness. And so he says, so as to neglect to keep any part of these resolutions, specifically these primary, these previous two, right? If I become complacent, if I become self-centered, he says, his resolution is to repent of all I can remember when I come to myself again. And this last line reminds me of the prodigal son mm-hmm. when he's, uh, you know, eating, you're desiring to eat the, the food of the pigs and uh, just kind of lowest of low. And it says, and he, he comes to his senses, right? He comes to himself and he turns and he remembers his father and he turns back, right? And so Jonathan Edwards says, if I ever come to the spot where I realize that I'm being a bonehead, where I'm being selfish, where I'm living sinfully, I am going to, I'm going to repent. Yeah. I am going to turn from my sin. I'm going to turn to Christ and the heavenly father. Um, and uh, I think it's really important. This is number three. This is near the top, right? Yeah. I, I love that. I love that towards the top. He, he gives himself the avenue of grace to be able to say, Hey, I messed up when you, when you wake up, right. When I come to myself again and to say like in these moments, I know what I'll do. I will repent. I will turn away from this and turn back to the Lord. And that's beautiful. Like Jonathan Edwards, like we said, is top tier. Like one person that we all hold in such high regards and to know that he recognized that he would falter allows us and encourages us to remember that we will falter. And when we do so, it's okay. Turn back. Um, you, you, you have hired two nerds. As associate pastors. I repent. Yes. <laughs> and Steve and I were talking about this and like I, I shared with him that like, and he, he we ident- identify in this as like media, I can get lost in so easily. And there are so many moments in like, as the year goes by where I'll binge watch a show or something like that. And I'll like, I'll be six hours into something that week. And I'll be like, whoa, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I think that happens to all of us, right? I, I, with video games or whatever tech we're going into. So right here, here's an avenue that says, like, it happens to all of us. But when it does happen, when you wake up, repent mm-hmm. and turn back. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. And this is kind of repentance. And uh, uh, to me, this is unflinching, right? And unsh- unashamed. Like, like he, we have these moments where we can double down on our sin mm-hmm. or we can justify our sin. You know, well, you know what? I'm, I, I deserve this or, you know, I'm just you know, this is, life's not working out. And so I'm a victim. And so, you know, this is my excuse for my sin. And, and this is freeing to repent completely to say, I was wrong. I'm turning away from it and uh, I'm fleeing from my sin and I'm fleeing to Christ. I mean, we, I I don't know how to, um, I guess, emphasize this enough to say, we've got to be soft hearted 
we've got to be able to, to say, I was wrong, mm-hmm. confess our sin. If we're not, we're probably not living the life that we're, we're called to live for Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, number three. How about yeah, number, four? number four? Yeah. Uh, I can read this one. This, and this is our fourth one. This is also number four in, in his list. After this, he's gonna, we'll bounce around a little bit. But number four says, never to do any manner of thing, whether in soul or body, less or more, but what tends to the glory of God, nor be, nor suffer it, if I can possibly avoid it. Um, again, language is not really our <clears throat> the way we talk now. But if, if I were to give a summary of this, this is basically him saying, I'm going to be intentional in everything I do. So <clears throat> never do any manner of things. So whether in my soul or body, unless it tends to the glory of God. Right. And so he's saying, you know, when I wake up and I go and I prepare for my day, you know, can you glorify God as you're making breakfast? Yeah. yeah. Um, can you glorify God as you're, you know, helping your, your kids with their homework. Mm-hmm. Can you glorify God in your nine to five job? Yep. Right. Yep. So this is that filter, but then it's also like, well, can I glorify God with the shows I'm watching? Yeah. Yeah. Or you can also oh, dishonor God. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Or, or maybe I'm, I'm watching stuff in, a, in my resolution to say, you know, this really doesn't glorify God. Yeah. This isn't edifying. This isn't good for me. And so I'm, I'm not going to do this, right? This is part of that repentance. Um, if I can't do it for the glory of God, then I shouldn't do it. Right. So if, I, if I'm talking with someone and I find that I'm talking with someone and I'm talking in a gossipy or slanderous way, I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, I, sh- I need to stop that, right? Yeah. And I need to change my language, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can, if, if I'm having a conversation with someone, I want to make sure I'm doing it in a way that is glorifying to God. And so this is his fourth resolution. Um, and then he skips one. Or we skip one today. We'll come back. Right, because these are not in sequential order. These are categorized by mission. Yeah. And so you want to read number six? Yeah. To live with all my might while I do live. Yeah. What's he saying here? He's YOLO, man. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Spanish? (laughs) It's it's early millennial. Yeah. You You only live once. Yep. But it, it's the idea, like, right in the notes you say, you wrote carpe diem, as yeah. in the seas of the day, right? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I think the way a Christian looks at how to live life to the fullest, the Christians want to live life to the fullest, right? John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We want to live a full life. That is a very different outlook than the non-Christian who wants to live life to the quote-unquote fullest, yeah. right? Yeah, a, a world... A worldly perspective of life to the fullest is grand vacations all the time mm-hmm. and luxurious living and creature comforts galore and all the best of everything and pleasure, 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 entertainment, 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 mm-hmm. right? Um, that's not a Christian view of, of carpe diem, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to say to live with all my might while I do live, he, he's saying, I want, I want to embrace the goodness of life as God has given it. I want to enjoy life, but it's in light of the son of God. It's in light of my savior. And so I want to live life to the fullest. That means I'm going to serve as much as I can. I want to worship as much as I can. I want to engage in the things of God as much as I can, because that's where I find the most good and most profit and even the most pleasure for my own soul, right? So this is this, this freedom to say, I want to live life. 
Christianity is not meant to be lived in the doldrums. Oh, I guess I got to go read my Bible again. Oh, I guess I'm going to church today. <laughs> like, like an Eeyore perspective on life. No, it is I get to go and worship the triune God with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I get to open up the word of God, which God has given so I can know who he is and who I am. I get to serve someone in need in a way that brings glory to my savior, the one who gave his life to in my need, right? This is, this is really living life to the fullest yeah. as a believer. There, there is a, so Jonathan Edwards inspired uh, John Piper to write the book. Was it uh, experiencing God? Is it experiencing God? But the desiring, the, God. desiring God, where the thesis of that is God is most glorified when I am most satisfied in him. Right. And in each chapter of the book goes into like, how God intended like our, our theology of finances, theology of marriage, theology of all these different things. Whereas like to live life to the fullest is to live life the way God intended because it's for his glory and our satisfaction that his ways are the best ways. And we will reap the greatest reward from that and pleasure from him. But we as human beings, we tend to undercut that. Be like, God, that's too hard. That's too, that's not as fast as I want it to be. And so we rebel against that. And what I love about I guess coming back to the source with Jonathan Edwards is that, no, we, we recognize that God is life-giving. And so it, Christianity isn't this boring thing. It really is like it's this call to wild adventure because our God calls us to know him. And he's like the greatest cosmic being there is. So I, I don't know. I, so much of what's being said right now resonates in, in my heart. That's cool, man. It makes me think a little bit. This series we're starting this weekend is on the law of God. And we can have a pretty negative view of the law of God. Oh, these laws that I shouldn't do, right? But, but remember, we have a maker. He made us, and he made us to live in a certain way. And his law is actually, there's liberty and there's freedom and there's love in it because his law reveals who he is, and it reveals how we can live in a way that, that is, aligns with how we've been made, right? So live life, live life to its fullest. Uh, and then we get to um, resolution 22. Right. Why don't you read this one for us? Right. It says, to endeavor to obtain for myself as much happiness in the other world as I possibly can with all the power, might, vigor, and vehemence, yea, violence <laughs> I am capable of or can bring myself to exert in any way that can be thought of. He says, I want to make sure that my heavenly experience is as full as possible by living life on earth to the, with the greatest amount of exertion, the greatest amount of passion for the things of God. He says, my eternal happiness is worth the greatest earthly and temporal toil. I'm so heavenly minded that I'm going to burn every last calorie here on earth serving my God. That's what he's saying here, right? With some fun language, right? <laughs> um, Yay, violence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, an, this is emphatic, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, I'm after it. I am, I'm not um, slow to move. I am, I'm getting after it every day, serving the Lord, knowing that heaven waits me, right? And we, we mentioned this this last weekend because this last weekend we, we talked about uh, our eternal destiny, right? Mm -hmm. The eternal life we have in Christ. And you know, the, one of the better pictures of it is this life we live, even if it's 100 years old, it's like a single grain of sand on a giant beach surrounded by beach after beach in a cosmos full of planets with beach upon beach upon beach, right? This is, 
This life we live on earth is nothing. It's but a breath compared to eternity. And so resolution 22 for Jonathan Edwards is basically he's living in light of eternity. And we need that reminder. I can live in light of today. Mm-hmm. I can live in light of 2021. <laughs> I can live in light of the, the tasks and the, the, maybe the things that are adventures and excitement I have right now. Um, but if I do it about today, I can get off, off track and miss the mark of living for eternity. Right. So, uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that as I kind of jumped all over it. No, I, I think that that ties directly to number six, right? That's what it means to live life to the fullest is, is to serve and with all your might. And, and the idea of serving isn't like always like, Oh, let's just go feed the poor and all these things. It's, it's living in the light of eternity in, in all of our actions and to reap the greatest reward that is in God. That, uh, I don't know. There, I don't feel like there's anything much more to say that hasn't already been said at the moment. I should sit on this and dwell on it, but this is amazing. I, I'm encouraged as I, as I continue to focus on this. Yeah. And then our, our last one, um, it says never to do anything but my duty. And then according with Ephesians six, six through eight to do it willingly and cheerfully as unto the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good thing any man doth, the same shall be shall he receive of the Lord. Um, and this this one is kind of this just general approach to life, right? How he's his life mission, but his life mission, he sees himself as duty bound to Christ in every one of his responsibilities. And he actually quotes a passage of scripture here. He, he references Ephesians 6, 6 through 8. And this is a passage, it's, it's in the practical section of Ephesians where we've talked about, you know, husbands and wives and family. And now he's actually speaking to bond servants. He's actually speaking to, in the ancient world, this is how a Christian slave was to behave around their master. And he puts himself in this place because the passage actually ends there. Um, you want to read? You yeah. Read verses 6 through 8? Ephesians 6, 6 through 8. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Yeah, so this last line, whether a bond servant or free, Edwards applies this to himself as we should right? Um, He says, whether I'm a master of someone or whether I'm the slave of someone. Mm -hmm. Now, modern day vernacular, maybe I'm the manager of someone, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm the authority, or maybe I am the, the employee. Maybe I'm, I'm, I answer to someone. Um, Maybe I'm the parent or maybe I'm the child, right? Mm -hmm. And so this, this kind of language applies to everyone, but you back up to the beginning. He says, if I'm going to do any of my responsibilities, I'm not going to do it by way of eye service as a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back to Albertsons. I spent a lot of time with Albertsons, 11 years, right? And so I just think about sometimes as an employee, people could, uh, you know, they'd pick up the broom when the manager walks by and the manager it, it leaves and that broom goes back down, right? The, this tendency for us to say, well, if I have, you know, my superior's eyes on me, then I'm going to work hard. But if I don't, well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to slack a little, but I'm going to, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. He says, that's not how I want to live. Even in the most um, mundane of tasks or responsibilities, I want to do it not as a people pleaser, but as a bond servant of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. 
says, I want to do this because I'm rendering service, whatever my responsibility is. I think about a stay-at-home mom changing a dirty diaper. I think about the, the guy at the mill, um, maybe has a, a, a not great manager who's telling him to do all these things that are kind of like whatever, right? Right. Uh, when we do these tasks, these menial tasks, who are we really doing it for? For the Lord. For him. Yeah. Because we love God. And so this, this allows the mill worker or the mom, this is allows the supervisor or the employee to see every task they do, even if they don't agree with it, even if it seems dumb to them, even if it seems pointless to them, it allows them to do every task faithfully, not with complacency, because they're doing it unto the Lord. And then verse eight, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. This is that eternal perspective. Uh, God will reward me for my faithfulness, even in the little things. Um, what a life principle. Because uh, we can slack a lot. You said he had 70 of these resolutions? 70. And how regularly did he look over this? Every weekly. day? Weekly. Weekly, okay. He read through them weekly. Wow. And there's a lot of encouragement in that. There is. Inspiration and motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, people oftentimes will come to a worship service. They'll hear the word of God. They'll be convicted and inspired. And then, uh, and then they can leave and not think about it again till the next weekend. Now, this is part of the Monday memo. What we do is we send things out and we have a memory verse each week. Whether people do it or not, that's up to them. But the, these little things, they, they keep it in front of us. Yeah, They keep God's principles and God's priorities in front of that's us. That's the idea of resolve, right? It's to recommit to this idea. I you and I talk about these planners and at, at every week I had to look over my goals and I, I would, I would wander off because I, I get distracted. I, I, I love games and I love all these, whatever, whatever I'm in at the moment, that's my reality. And I might go too far into something, but in this last quarter I've had to, I wrote down like I, I've had to recommit my own goals and what I'm about. I have an alarm set three times a day at 6am, 3pm and 9pm where I look over my goals. Like, what am I about? What am I trying to do? Because it's usually during those times I could be off track a little bit. 6am after I've done working out, I'm tired. And I like, I might just jump on YouTube to watch a video while I catch my breath. 20 minutes will go by, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever. So I had to read my, my, my commitments. Then 3pm right on there, I get kind of tired, lethargic right there. All I'm saying is like, I like that he regularly goes over his resolutions. There's so many, but I mean, if he's going over it weekly, no wonder he was able to just stay focused yeah. and just get on track. And he gave himself the grace to know like he will get off track, yep. but that's okay. Let's just recommit. Let's just keep doing this. Yeah. And I think for our listener, you know, maybe a, a helpful task is to sit down and just say, Hey, these were his overall life mission resolutions. And we are actually going to link these to the podcast page. Right. And so right. people can download them. We'll link a couple different uh, ones. One of them is just one through 70. And one of them is them divided into categories, but maybe someone, you know, maybe you could sit down and write yours, mm-hmm. your life mission. Maybe it, maybe you don't have to write seven of them. As I think we covered seven today. Maybe you can sit down and write one or two for yourself, not my 2020 New Year's resolution or 2021, but my resolution for my life mission. What is my life mission? What has God called me? And you know what? You can borrow some of his language. Yeah. You could even borrow some of his. I mean, you, you want to use the word violent? Use the word violent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, vehemently. <laughs> um, you, you know, all, all I have to say is like, I, I think it's important because we see intentionality sprinkled throughout all this. I think it's really important for people to sit down and ask themselves like, what am I about? Because it's so easy to just wake up 
and just entertain yourself. Yep. Entertain yourself till you're dead. And that, I mean, I, I'm not saying entertainment is bad, but like when it's, that's all that's happening, when you're, when you're reacting to life the entire time, no wonder we have anxiety. No, no wonder we're frustrated with so many things because we need to seize the day. This day is the day that the Lord has made, right? We need to move forward. And there are tasks that he has given us. There are good works that he's planned out for us. And they don't just happen. They, you need to pay attention yep. to know and resolve what are you about. Yeah, you ever read Neil Postma? He has that, uh, no. he, he wrote, um, it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death, hmm. or Entertaining Ourselves to Death, I think is what it's called. And, and uh, he, he wrote in the 70s, I think, 70s or 80s, and he talked about this before even the internet and all of this. And he just, he, it was a critique, cultural critique of, of our tendency to be drawn into television mm-hmm. and, and just to be drawn into watching it every night. And you know what? He, he, he his point is still alive and well, even more so. We are entertaining ourselves every day and we think that's living, but it's actually slavery. Yeah. We're, we're slaves to entertainment and we're actually not living the life God's called us to. And um, food for thought, for sure. All right, so we're going to spend a couple of weeks on some more of these resolutions. I'm excited to to go through that, but you know, this was about the overall life purpose, life mission, and uh, man, I pray that as our listeners listening, that maybe this year we just take some time to really ask, answer the question, what are we about? Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, it would be fun if a listener wanted to send us a message on Facebook or email or something to say, hey, these are my resolutions, yeah, my life my life mission resolutions. That'd be cool. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I, I want to shout out to the listeners who have been writing in. Uh, no one's really written any questions or anything, but man, we've gotten some pretty encouraging notes uh, from people just sharing the things that they're learning, that, that things that it's inspired them to continue to research and to do other things. And uh, thank you. We got that. a handwritten note, like yeah. a one-page handwritten note, plus a bunch of research, uh, someone responding to our episode on the Apocrypha. And yeah. so a big shout out to that person. You know who you are. Yeah. I'm not sure if we should share their name on. No, I, I, don't, but, uh, I don't think they wanted that. But, but that, yeah. it was it was actually really cool to, to see and check yeah, out. Yeah, that was encouraging. So, all right, Mike, do you want to pray for our listeners? Let's pray. God, I thank you for, um, I, I thank you for the saints who have gone before us, who had a burning passion to live for you, that had a, a life mission aimed at your glory. I thank you that, uh, that even though they were not perfect, uh, that we can learn from them. God, I pray that you would give us, each of us, every one of our listeners, a burning desire to to live um, intentionally for your glory, for our good and for the good of of others around us. God, I pray you would give us a softness of heart so when we do fail, when we do sin, when we do become selfish, that we would come to our senses and we would uh, repent, we would return to you. And I I pray that ultimately this this results in... in, uh, an incredible ministry being done in the name of Jesus. Men and women, children coming to faith because of the lives we're living for you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.